0: Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the Leadership Strategist. Hey, what you drinking? Okay, we're doing this again, and I can't believe that it is the end of season four. We have closed out yet another season and has become uh, the custom. I've got with me, Miss Audrey Weidlick, the logistical mastermind behind how we keep these episodes coming. And Audrey, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I am so glad to be here to wrap up season four, such an incredible season, such an incredible lineup of leaders. And I'm just in awe that we are here presenting the end of season four and we get to reflect on all of the great leadership and the advice and the important principles that all of these leaders have gotten to introduce to us. You have created such an incredible lineup of leaders, and I am just so excited to talk about them today. And I think this is going to be a great conversation.
0: Oh, this is definitely going to be a great conversation, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Actually, because uh, you know, I, I have these conversations, I record these conversations with amazing people, and then and then I, I move on. I move on to the next conversation and you actually get to listen to it several times as you're determining order and logistics. So you actually, you actually know these conversations better than I do. And so this is going to be a great walk down memory lane. And I'm always eager to find out what you've picked up as being Exciting, interesting, and noteworthy from each of these guests. So, uh, yeah, let's let's jump in. Uh, I, I say we get started. Let, 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 let's go with uh, let's go with episode one of podcast season number four.
1: Yeah, well, we started off season four with four friends of twenty years: John, KG, Neil, and Rashim from the Straight No Chaser podcast. And they were just so incredible. They brought this incredible energy and authenticity to the show. They had so many good speaking points, talking about speaking with passion and stepping out of your comfort zone. Nothing says stepping out of your comfort zone than starting a podcast in COVID and with your four closest friends and just knowing that. Your conversations between your friends are so valuable. They speak on relationships, culture, current events. And if you're not listening to Straight No Chaser podcast, you're really missing out because it is just like sitting down with four really good friends. And the best part is you just get to listen and learn.
0: Oh my gosh, that was such a great conversation. As a matter of fact, I came across them. Uh, because um, got some mutual friends, actually, they're friends with my sister. And my sister there for a while was producing their podcast, doing a lot of the work that you're that you're doing here with me. She was doing for them. And when she got involved with them, she's like, "Wait a second, you need to meet my brother. i I started following them. I started stalking them. And, oh my gosh, they were actually having the conversation that I had envisioned having here on Whiskey, Jazz & Leadership. I joined one of their podcast episodes, so it only made sense for them to uh, launch season four for us. And what a fun conversation. And really, to your point, they really do epitomize what I think of when I think about you know friends getting together, staying together, and just talking about what matters to them. Uh, they talked about their experiences uh, meeting on the campus of Howard University and how that relationship has not only maintained but it has matured as they've gone through the various things that people go through as, as they as they grow older and get responsible and and get government jobs and and all that stuff. So such a great great bunch of guys and such a great uh show if you're not if you're not if you are a fan of whiskey jazz and leadership you need to check out straight no Chaser the podcast because they are they are the real deal
1: I was actually going to ask you because one of the most interesting things uh and topics they talked about was their experience at Howard University and you know as a white college student you know it's sometimes all off- uh, often hard to think about um, how important historically Black universities are and the impact that they have on Black leaders. And, you know, I've had several friends and I've seen your daughter go off to Spelman. I was just wondering if you could speak on, um, you know, the importance of historically Black universities. And I know you said uh, in one episode how they come out with a certain type of swagger when graduating from. A uh, university like Howard or any historically black university. So I was wondering if you could speak on that a little.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I still don't know that I fully understand what it is about the HBCU experience because I did not go to an HBCU, but my brother did, my sister did, and a lot of my colleagues did. There is this this experience that they have to have, where they get to spend four years focused on understanding who they are and what they're capable of. And they 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 don't have the, the the exact same challenges that black folks have who go to predominantly white institutions where yeah, I mean, you got to do the work, you got to be good, you got to compete. But then there's always this this underlying worry of is this issue that I'm having because of my race? That goes out the window, right? I mean, that's not an issue because <laughs> everybody's black, right? So uh, you can't have that as an issue. And then you've got you've got a full campus of people affirming this thing that's a big part of who you are. So you 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 walk away with this this confidence. And I have often said it's almost borderline arrogance because it's such such a strong conviction that yeah. I can do anything, right? Given the opportunity, I can do anything.
2: There was a struggle that occurs at an HBCU where you're among people who look like you, people who have some common experiences that, that may be familiar with you. And when you complete that process and cycle, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, everybody kind of going through the same right of passage, so to speak. And once you complete that process, you know, you can look at a fellow HBCU alum and be like, You know what it's like to be at the Mecca. You know what it's like to go through the capstone. You know what it's like to walk the yard. You know what it's like to go to the calf, go to the punch out. All of these things are are just, you know, communal experiences that everybody kind of shares. And when you finish that experience, you know, we still go back. We go to homecoming. We have a great time at homecoming.
0: And that is really what I think we, we should want all students to leave the university with you know with a confidence that they can do anything and i just i haven't seen that come from anywhere like it comes from students who have gone to or graduates uh, of historically black colleges and universities so uh yeah when it came time for my daughter to choose a school she had a choice between a couple of pretty big name predominantly white institutions and she had a choice between spellman And I couldn't tell her what to do, but boy, I was rooting hard. I was rooting hard for that Spalm experience. And uh, I am just so glad she did.
1: Yeah, that is so incredible to hear about. And it's so interesting to learn about, you know, the influence and the importance of historically Black universities. And you hear all about that from the Forge Friends of Straight Note Chaser podcast, um, their episode really just offers engaging exploration and education, leadership. Um, they even touch on the origins of the gr- their group. And it was just an incredible episode to listen to. And it was also very cool to have four people, including you, on the show. That was really interesting uh, to hear how that all came together. And that was definitely a Whiskey Jazz and Leadership first for us to have more than two people uh on the show that was really incredible
0: i'll tell you it made me a little nervous i mean (laughs) I, i i've you know obviously most of the conversations are with one person uh you know i made a big deal when i would have two but boy this was you know this was four four conversations uh you know four very strong opinionated uh you know guests and they pride themselves on being opinionated. I I was I was hopeful and I feel like we I, I feel like we pulled it off. But yeah, th- that was a first, but definitely worth checking out. Uh not only checking out our episode, uh episode one for season four, but go check out their podcast because they do it the right way. And it's just great to see people hanging out, talking about what talking about those things that are really important to them.
1: Yeah. Another episode you need to check out is our second episode with Xavier Williams. He is the CEO of NWS Wireless. And Xavier talks about so many leadership principles that I think it's important for any leader of any age, of any background to understand.
2: Every job I take, which good, bad, or indifferent, I've taken a new job every two to three years, even you know, even in a large company, rotating assignments and stuff like that. And there were always three things that I would articulate to people up front. Accountability. And and let me step back. I had a mentor explain it to me this way. What are your standards? What are your standards of leadership? And I found out over the years, it is accountability, always trying to do your best and integrity. Those three things. and And the way he explained it to me, Nowadays, we use the term going from zero to 100. What can take you from zero to 100 real quick? And it was those things for me that if someone wasn't being accountable, if I knew someone wasn't trying their best, or if there was an issue around integrity, those take me from zero to 100.
1: Um, One of the biggest things he um, touched on, and you guys explained, and I actually picked this up. And learn something new was leadership platforms. I had no idea how important it was to build a leadership platform and even what that was. So I thought it was really interesting to uh, learn how to develop that leadership platform, what exactly goes into it. As a college student, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm all about, what exactly my style of leadership is. And I was going to ask you, what would you recommend for you know, a young leader like me, who is still trying to develop their leadership platform? And where do I even start?
0: Yeah. So first of all, let me talk about Xavier Williams, because th- this this guy was uh, an amazing guest. Uh, I met him uh, when I was doing some work with the Executive Leadership Council. And they asked me to interview him on stage and asked some questions about his career because he's done some amazing things, starting with uh, over 30 years with AT&T at the senior most levels of the organization doing amazing things. And so I had the privilege of interviewing him on stage. And as I was interviewing him, uh, learned that he and I were, were are both part of the same college fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Just his experiences if you take out the words AT&T and you put in the words Coca-Cola or Kraft Foods, uh, it felt like he was telling parts of my story in just some of the things that he's been through and some of the things that he worked through. Obviously, he was at a much, much higher level. That tells me that regardless of the companies, regardless of the position, the leadership challenges are often the same. So it was just great to have that conversation with him, both in person uh, with the Executive Leadership Council, and then also on Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. He was just so gracious with sharing his insights, sharing his time, and just giving you a peek of the uh, under the tent of what it takes to lead at the highest levels of some major, major corporations. And your question about the leadership platform, really, really important. I became familiar with the leadership platform right after grad school, working with an executive coach, and just really helps you cut to the core of who you are and what you're trying to do on this planet. Whether you're intending to lead people or whether you're intending to just do your thing better, it's important to get that foundation. And I I would say, for young people and certainly for someone like you, Audrey, uh, that you're probably in a better position because you you haven't had as many leadership experiences yet. Uh, you haven't had as many corporate jobs or professional jobs yet. So you're closer to trying to understand what you want to do and who you want to be. Now is the time for you to put in the work and, at, and answer those, those five questions for yourself and then let those answers evolve over time, but really challenge yourself before you change your answer in five years, in 10 years, and and just make sure that you're changing your answer because, because you've evolved and not because of something that you've seen from someone else or a, another job that, that promises an extra 30,000, $40,000, right? Because a lot of times money will influence us in ways that we don't necessarily need to be influenced. Money will make you do some things that you don't that you don't really believe are good for you. And so the the sooner you can hone in on who Audrey is, what she is here to do and 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 who she wants to be and and can document that, the better off you're going to be because it's going to be clear. It's going to be clear to you now than it ever will be.
1: Wow. That's that's incredible advice. And I feel like you almost hear that through Xavier's uh, conversation with you. He talks about asking yourself and others the tough questions as he dives into figuring out corporate values, his values. Uh, he really just offers this thought-provoking episode and he challenges the status quo of leadership. And it is just such an insightful conversation. And I can't even believe you're offering this conversation for free because there are so many aspects in this conversation that any leader can benefit from uh, because it is just so rich in leadership principles and just personal anecdotes from Xavier himself discussing how he has become the leader he is today.
0: Yeah, it, it, just a great guy. Just a great guy, and and definitely someone, and hopefully you get the feel uh, when you listen to the episode. It, it, he is definitely someone that you feel like you could just sit down and say, "Hey, look, Xavier, I'm going through this. I've got this challenge. I'd love your perspective. What do you What do you think?" And he would he would share his perspective, uh, and I think we talk a little bit about how. Going to mentors, you gotta think about how you phrase that question because you don't you don't want to say, uh, you know, hey, look, Xavier, uh, I got a problem, tell me what to do. You you gotta think about how do you uh demonstrate that you've put some thought into it, that you're wanting to get their advice, but you know, Xavier can't tell you what to do, just like I can't tell you what to do. Because I don't know your life, I, you know. I can tell you what I've done. I can tell you what I would do in my situation, but your situation is going to be totally different. So, uh, in that episode, we talk about how do you phrase questions when you're going to your mentor, even when you don't know what you need. Right? There's a way of phrasing your questions so that it demonstrates uh, respect for the relationship, uh, and and you're not, you know, asking that person to just tell you what to do.
1: Wow, you're totally right. Uh, speaking of mentors, Keith Pagese, our third episode of Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. I think it is so fun when you talk to other executive coaches and other business coaches, and you guys just—it's almost like you guys come with the same values and just different perspectives, almost on leadership and managing a team. And Keith really just gave so many insights on effective leadership and how effective leadership impacts the people and the people on your team. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me, what Keith said, was managing is the work of the head and leadership is the work of the heart.
2: Managing
0: is the work of the head. Leadership is the work of the heart. You manage spreadsheets,
2: you manage org structures, you manage assets, you manage that stuff. All right? But you lead people.
0: And both are required, by the way. They're complementary. Carter Carter talks about that in his work.
1: And that, I feel like, is almost something you follow, with T, because I see that every day, like when I'm working with you. And I think that is so important because, you know, you guys talked about the old philosophy of leaving your emotions at the door. Uh, it's time to work, but that's really changing. And I think that's a really good shift in uh, the corporate world and treating your team as people, I think is so important. That's, And that's exactly what you and Keith dive into in this episode, and it provides just such a comprehensive exploration of leadership, advocacy, and growth. So I got a lot out of your your conversation with Keith.
0: Yeah, Keith is uh, another executive that I met uh, at the Executive Leadership Council Uh, which is an amazing organization. It's a 35-year-old, 36-year-old organization that's focused on uh, elevating more African-Americans into C-suite positions, as well as uh, trying to secure corporate board positions, corporate board seats for more African-American executives. And so I do a lot of uh, executive coaching with them. I do a lot of uh, facilitation with them. And I get to speak to a lot of amazing leaders and keith was one of those leaders where we brought him in to do just kind of a uh, an interview type uh you know, presentation on what what he thought was important and my co-facilitator uh, and i uh we affectionately renamed his section shark tank school because he was just he was just talking about so many things that were real life applicable to navigating those corporate spaces, especially when you're black or when you're brown. And women I think can get a lot uh, you know, women executives can get a lot of, out of a lot out of that episode as well. He just really talked a lot about how do you navigate those spaces uh, with eyesight uh, around what's going on and uh, sometimes you can go in like a bowl because you need to get things done. Very often you've got to go in with with silk gloves. To get people to see your way, sometimes not not even without uh, sometimes without even knowing that you're guiding them down a path that that you need for them to be on for you to be successful. So Keith was just amazing, amazing. Definitely double back and check out um, the conversation with Keith because he comes from it with the perspective of he's a consultant. He is uh, a professor, uh, and he's a an executive. He's also a corporate board member. So from every vantage point, from an academic standpoint, from a an actual experience standpoint, from a court, a corporate board director uh, standpoint, uh, he just really attacks every issue with a level of insight that you don't get every day. Uh, from your run-of-the-mill uh, mentor. So uh, definitely someone I plan to stay in touch with uh, and would encourage everyone to uh, check out that episode because there's a, there are a lot of gems there.
1: It was kind of like the perfect demonstration of Whiskey Jazz and leadership because it was just like two friends coming together and that vibe really carried out throughout the whole episode and I picked up so many things and valuable takeaways um, about leadership and professional development from Keith. And I really had a really good time um, learning and hearing all of his perspectives on leadership. And you're really getting the secrets from a CEO.
0: Exactly. And so here's the thing. Uh, I drank Cali Med Farms 14 year and Keith, famously said he doesn't drink. And so he drank root beer. But here's the thing, and I thought that this was perfect. This was perfect because the metaphor of whiskey is about having the confidence to do your thing with your crew without yielding to the peer pressure of other folks uh, around you. So a lot of times guests will come on and they'll be concerned if they don't drink whiskey Because the name name of the show, I mean, it's the first word in the name of the show, Whiskey, Jazz and Leadership. But Keith really demonstrated the metaphor. And that is, you know, have the confidence to do what you do with the folks that you do it with. And uh, again, I just uh, I really appreciated Keith coming on and saying, hey, look, let's do this. Let's have this conversation. Uh, But if this is going to conflict with your brand. Then I want you to know this up front so that you can make the decision whether or not you want to have the conversation. I, I respect that, but uh, you know, there is no way, <laughs> there was no way I was gonna turn down an opportunity to have Keith on this podcast. So phenomenal, phenomenal.
1: Oh, absolutely not. And he talks about coming as your full authentic self. So I think it is truly incredible that we had him on the show. And he was such a great addition to season four. Another great addition was Pagin, a woman's empowerment author and keynote speaker, member of the Motivational Speakers Hall of Fame. That is a lot. And she gives up everything in this conversation. She offers so many insights. But what we've learned over time and as we've softened our edges and when we've Faced our own demons, and we faced our own frailties, and we faced our own uh, fears. We get to be more compassionate, more endearing, more aware. And if you need to know anything about Pogueen, she said, "I don't need to drink whiskey. I am whiskey." And I was like, "Okay, game on. This is going to be a good conversation." Um, so, how how was your conversation with Pogueen?
0: Because I thought it was incredible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Pagin, Pagin so first of all, uh, I don't know if I've coined this, but I'm going to claim it. Uh, Pagin is the speaker who only requires one name. Her, her her name is is Pagin Escavera, but everyone in the industry just knows her as Pagin. And I mean, that's right up there with Madonna. That's right up there with Michael. Uh, I mean, think of all the people who only share Think of all the people who who operate professionally under one name, and that's who you're dealing with with Beguine. Uh, She and I have done a number of different uh, shows together. Uh, We were castmates on the uh, International Mastermind uh, Thinking Grow Rich show for a couple of years together, Uh, and she is just absolutely amazing. She is straight talk. She tells you what's on her mind. Uh, when she hits the stage, she lights the stage up with the same level of authenticity, the same level of energy, the same level of passion. And as a matter of fact, it's, it's when I see Pagin on stage that I realize I got to call myself some, something other than a keynote speaker because she, she keynotes for real. Not only does she have a passion for her content, but she has a passion for her craft for keynote speaking that's one of the things that i truly identified with do you have the courage to say that this thing that i do is my craft and i'm willing to devote everything that i have into getting better Uh, we could spend the rest of our time together just going down all the accolades that begin has achieved in her speaking career Uh, but yet she is going to be the first one to sign up for another speaking course, another speaking class. She's going to be the first one to purchase a new book on, on how to connect with an audience. Uh, It's just amazing. Her level of commitment to getting better. Although by many regards, she's already at the top of the game. So uh, I I just, I I love begin if, If she hadn't been married for 100 years and I hadn't been married for 100 years, I'd probably be trying to marry her because she is just that dedicated to becoming the best that she possibly can be at at this thing that she was put on this planet to do.
1: Yeah. Speaking of becoming the best, one of the key themes i picked up from this season and previous season is the importance of like to keep educating yourself. Strive to become better and better at what you do and become the best at your craft. And I really have learned that from Pagin and previous guests and you as well, is to just keep striving to become the best version of yourself. One of her talking points was she asked a really important question and and it really stuck out to me. And she asked, is life about lessons or becoming? It kind of took me back. I was like, I've been learning so many lessons throughout my experience in college, but through all of those lessons, I am growing and evolving into a better person. And, you know, these guests, they really point out uh, these tough questions that you haven't asked yourself yet. And I'm really starting to identify the lessons or the opportunity of becoming a better person. And I'm really trying to identify those lessons I've learned. And I'm really growing from that. So I really enjoyed Pageen's episode. She offered just so many leadership gems and she delves into personal development strategies Or continuous improvement, and she's just such an admirable person and just a great addition to season four.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about that for a little bit because, you know, one of the things that that we talked about was that when you think of life as being a series of lessons, that suggests, at least to me anyway, that suggests uh, there's going to be an exam. There's going to be a test for you to take to see if you can get the answers right. To demonstrate that you've learned the lessons and you know i i've said that for years right i've played with that for years but just this idea of, of life being about becoming which suggests that there are no exams <laughs> there are no tests you know you, you uh i think bruce lee says that life is about plateaus and you shouldn't stay there you get you must always be going to the next one and that's what this that's what it's about even when you double back and hear Pagin's story she talks about how uh you know when she was a kid she had this ability to communicate this ability to persuade but she used that to be successful with recruiting people into gangs and successful with luring uh other girl gang members into getting beat up right that's how she was using her communication and then she used her communication skills uh to land a corporate job where she was uh, starting to use her communication skills to sell products and to sell things, and now she's speaking all over the world, and she's using her communication skills to inspire others. So uh, again, there's this there's this evolutionary uh, element of of her becoming something greater than she was before. She's just still using the same communication principles, but she's just evolving them with her skill, with her, with her training, with her development, and she's using them at a higher level. So, uh, yeah, this, this idea that life is about becoming really does come through in in our conversation with the
1: Yeah, definitely go double back and listen to Pagin's episode because it is truly an incredible conversation. Uh, another conversation we had was with Misty Campbell who is a professional radio personality. And you can just tell because she has this incredible personality and just has this great presence about her. She talked a lot about advocacy and especially advocacy and health. And she really demonstrates this fearlessness that is almost infectious and inspiring. She gets into a lot of those tough topics like how to ask sensitive questions to those you love and Misty, she just gets really down into the nitty gritty of being an advocate and, you know, creating a safe space for family members, friends to speak about sensitive information. And I think it's just a very important episode for any adult to listen to. I'm currently now caregiver for my mother.
2: So is the person you're caring for, are their legal affairs in order? Their property, their will, their trust, their estate, even having conversations on who's going to be the power of attorney, you know, things of that nature. Who's going to, who's going to run the estate or run their business or run their finances? Their wishes
1: may be their wishes. How does their wishes affect your life? It's definitely not something you want to think about, but it's definitely something um an episode that is definitely worth listening to because Misty just offers this incredible uh advocacy and advice for those tough situations
0: with Misty Campbell, uh, we call her Miss All Purpose. I think it is impossible to interact with Misty and walk away seeing your problems in the same way that you saw them before. I don't know how she does it. I don't know what she does, but there's something about an interaction with Misty Campbell that changes your perspective on the challenges that you, that you're facing. That is a a skill, a talent, uh, an ability that makes her so successful as a professional mistress of ceremony, as a professional uh, advocacy uh, uh, expert Uh, as a professional speaker, uh, she's just doing, I think she's also a minister, she's an ordained minister, but just this ability to, to, to cause people to see their challenges differently than they did before. Uh, It very well could be just, just to your point, sensing the fearlessness that she has approached her own life challenges. uh, That just, that's just so inspiring that again, it really causes you to, to, to recalibrate uh, those challenges that you believe to be impossible, uh, Misty is one of those people that when I'm down, I find a way to call Misty to talk about something. We can talk about anything, but I just, I, you know, there's something about the energy in her voice that causes people to feel better about what they're facing.
1: Yeah, Misty is just truly fearless, and you really can recognize that as she tells her story in her episode, and she just embodies a leader in the toughest of situations. And it was just incredible to hear Misty speak on her experiences and hearing her perspective and how that affects her leadership skills. I think it's incredible how she was able to tie in some of the toughest experiences of her life and make that leadership. I thought that was really incredible. Another great guest we had was Hamza Khan, and he is a global keynote TEDx speaker. And it was absolutely amazing having a TEDx speaker on the show. It is not our only one, but we picked up so many good advice from Hamza Khan. I could not pick a single talking point to speak about because he brings it all. He talks about problems that people of color can face in the corporate world, Um, topics like code switching and showing up as your unique self. Um, He really just embodies a leader that has grown through adversity and can really give us just a fresh perspective on leadership.
0: Where tomorrow
2: everybody's free to bring their whole selves to work and the onus is on everyone else to learn about them yeah, maybe because that's how it's been done traditionally like mm. I I and you and
0: I have had to be the ones who've had to find the second best references versus just making the reference and then having somebody in the audience who isn't familiar with the five heartbeats say, oh like I really want to understand the point that he made. Let me go and look this up yeah I, I love the conversation with Hamza Khan and I, I was actually really kind of proud. When I first got connected with Hamza Khan, because he was a listener that reached out to us and said, hey, how can I be part of this conversation? And he didn't reach out just once. He reached out twice. And it's just exciting to me to even consider that we've got listeners out there uh, who are interrogating our conversations at the level that Hamza Khan uh, is, uh, because he came totally prepared with all the things that that impact leadership all the things that impact success all the things that impact you know you know what we talk about uh from guest to guest. he was ready and he boy he wasn't holding back uh as a matter of fact it, it, it there were certain points where it felt like the hamza khan show because he was just carrying the conversation and, and all i could sneak in was yeah i agree you're right that's yeah very good yeah, you know, but he's just really that strong. Uh, I I would encourage everyone to check out his TEDx talk. He does an amazing job, uh, and then he's showing up on a lot of different podcasts. He's 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 kind of on this podcast circuit now. If ever you see someone who has Hamza. As a guest, you need to go ahead and 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 check out that that conversation because I guarantee you you're going to have a stronger insight into what it takes to to not only be an effective leader but what it takes to be a successful person and how to navigate the world based upon your own principles and values. So uh, I just, I love the conversation with Hamza Khan. That's one that I've listened to uh, several times. Although, I mean, I was part of the conversation, but I've listened to it several times because I've learned so much every time I hear him talk about uh, the, the concepts that he covered.
1: Yeah, you can definitely learn something new each time you listen to that episode. I feel like you almost have to listen to it three times to scratch even the surface Uh, just the importance of what he's talking about. Um, One of my favorite uh, talking points uh, was when he was talking about good stress versus bad stress. And that's something I'm trying to differentiate uh, right now when I'm in college is, you know, it's good that I'm stressed out about an exam, but, you know, it's bad when I am just totally freaking out and how to manage that stress he offers insights on how to address that in a productive way. Uh, So that was really valuable information for me. So I really learned a lot from Hamza Khan and just such an incredible conversation between you two. It was just like listening to a conversation between two friends, even though I don't even think you guys knew each other previously to the show.
0: We we did not have, you know, I, I got this from Oprah. Uh, You know, I I can't do a lot of the things that Oprah can do, but I can at least do this. (laughs) She says that she she does not like to have conversations with guests prior to going on the air because she wants to maintain that level of curiosity. And so whenever possible, I try not to have conversations with people who I don't know, but they're going to be on the show. And that was the case. That was the case with him. Uh, and I love that you picked up on this idea of good stress versus bad stress, because uh, I, I don't know that it's ever good that you're stressed out about a test, but you should be stressed enough that you take it seriously, right? You should be stressed enough to know, you know, I, I better study for this and 30 minutes before I walk in the door might not be enough, right? That, that That's a good stress to know. I better put some work in to make this thing happen. Back stress is if yeah if you're if you're stressed out if you're if you're not sleeping if you're pulling your hair out if you're you know all all those things that kind of cross the line and start affecting your health. Uh, I'm going to suggest maybe you shouldn't be taking that class if that class mm-hmm. is having that kind of impact on you. But you should have some good stress. Ah, uh, because if you if you don't think that you need to study, then maybe the maybe the class isn't challenging enough for you. So there has to be some level. But yeah, I just I love the things that Hamza brought up for us to talk about, and uh, and again, I, I'm just so honored to even even suggest or anticipate that there are people out there listening to the podcast with his level of of scrutiny of what we're talking about uh, that, that, that tells me that we're, we're really making a difference.
1: Yeah. The fact that we, our show has attracted a TEDx listener is a testimony enough to how well and how great the leaders we are bringing on to the show are. Um, I think it's really just a almost contagious platform for leaders to come on because uh, we just have, the most incredible lineup of leaders. Another incredible leader was Dr. Buddy Johnson, the author of Making Virtual Work. She offered so many good points in her episode. You have to have a vision of more than what you know in order to let go of what you have and reach out. Reach out for that branch that you can grasp. Even though you feel like fault, you're falling, what you're really doing is flying. And one of her main things she's focused on was um, measuring company values um, and using strategies to drive organizations to success. And I just thought it was really an interesting perspective to hear from Dr. Betty Johnson, how she um, leads with empathy. And I think empathy is such an important value for leaders to possess. What do you think about that?
0: Well, first of all, uh, Dr. Betty Johnson is is the a- opposite of Hamza Khan uh, in that I, I know Dr. Betty quite a bit. We, we've we worked together quite a bit on a lot of projects and the conversation that you hear on this uh, episode is a typical lunchtime conversation that we will have when we're in the middle of a client engagement and you know we'll just talk about these high level leadership uh concepts and then we'll try to figure out how do we make that practical for our clients and uh, after having three or four of those kinds of conversations i said you know i just told them, hey look we need to capture this because uh, i believe that a number of leaders would benefit from hearing our take on these very, very important issues such as culture, uh, such as uh, work, you know, workplace. We've got a lot of people that are, a lot of companies that are struggling with, do we remain hybrid? Do we remain remote? Do we come back to work? What does that do to our culture uh, of the organization? And so I just thought that this was a great opportunity to get two leadership people who talk about this stuff, we think about this stuff all the time, to actually get that conversation uh, on the air. Uh, I think our li- I, I think our listeners will benefit from that a great deal. But yeah, do- Dr. Betty Johnson, she she's one of my my favorite colleagues to work with because of how much and how deeply she thinks about these things that that our clients struggle with.
1: Yeah, she is just truly such an insightful person. And thank you so much for bringing your lunchtime conversations to Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. It was just so fun and I picked up so many things that I can actually use in my life there were so many actionable takeaways from that episode like command and control leadership um she just offers so much in that episode um it's just a very good episode to listen to wherever you are in your leadership journey but the next episode I could tell you had a lot of fun with Jesse Parker. Doc Swenson's Master Blender, and that episode was one of my favorites because it almost felt like not a different show, but a different vibe. Because this one really brought the whiskey in, and I thought that was so fun.
3: Really, the the basis of this product was, or the
0: process behind this was really kind of borrowed from uh, Scotch and Irish whiskey blending techniques, where the idea is you utilize these different casts to, to, to just
2: nuance the whiskey that you put in it, not consume it. And that's where you get these beautiful notes. You know, we have our, you know, these beautiful notes from the Olorosa, which is a little bit citrusy, right? You get a
3: little bit of like orange peel, you know, you get a little bit of nuttiness, some some fruit leather from the Pedro Jimenez, a little bit of chocolate as well. Um, and then of course the cognac just really lends this little, little bit teeny bit of um uh creme brulee um yes and then longevity to the whiskey itself
1: but what i thought was unique is how jesse parker was able to sneak in these leadership principles uh while he was talking about whiskey he was talking about like patience and how important that is to the whiskey making process but then he aligned it with leadership and I was just like, you are embodying the metaphor of whiskey, jazz and leadership. So I thought that conversation was so uh, amazing. And I got a lot out of that conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the conversation with Jesse. And again, th- this is another one who uh, they heard our conversation uh, and said, you know, hey, look, this this guy seems to be really passionate about whiskey. Uh, let's let's send him a couple of bottles of 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 our whiskey. Let's line up a conversation with our master blender and see if we can, you know, make make this happen in a magical way. And that's exactly what Jesse did. Uh, first of all, he is one of the youngest people in the industry to hold the master blender responsibility for a major, It's not a distillery, it's a blending house. But to your point, he was just, he was talking about his craft, his passion for blending whiskey, but those leadership principles were everywhere. And it was just so nice to see that the metaphor of whiskey seems to make sense in someone else's head other than just my own. And the juice is pretty good. I mean, he's, you know, Doc Swinson's uh, has made its way to Missouri which is where we are, and uh, it's 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 got to come. It's got a regular place in my rotation now. So, thanks to uh, Doc Swenson and Jesse Parker for making that happen, because uh, now it's it's a it's a regular.
1: He offered such a captivating exploration of whiskey craftsmanship, uh, flavor development, and even the relationship between whiskey jazz and leadership. He just seemed to put leadership uh, into everything he talked about. And it really just showed that leaders are everywhere in all different backgrounds, all different careers. And it was just so interesting to hear from someone who is actually a master blender, um, and really kind of get a whiskey education. Um, so that was incredible.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, Definitely made me feel better about uh, I haven't heard this criticism, but I al- always feel kind of bad when the whiskey piece just seems to be a prop in our show. Uh, and we don't really get to talk about whiskey and, and and experience whiskey the way that that I would like to in the way that I do with my friends. So this was an, this was a great opportunity to let the whiskey set uh, center table uh, where it really deserves to be.
1: Yeah. Another great opportunity with we had was Brian Thomas, who's an Emmy award-winning actor and head of school at Proctor Academy. And boy, this was a great conversation. Like hearing it as someone who's furthering their education right now, he really talks about how education and leadership go together. And he just really dives in to um, broader societal issues and bridges the gap between education and leadership. And dang, if I had Brian Thomas, an award-winning actor as my teacher, I'd be very inspired. So I'm, I'm kind of jealous of his students at Proctor Academy.
0: Yeah. Brian Thomas. I, I first got exposed to Brian Thomas when he was the assistant head of school for the the high school that my daughter was attending, which was uh, Mary Institute and Country Day or MICDS here in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, one of the top uh, STEM-oriented uh, high schools uh, in the state. And he was the assistant head of school. But he always just impressed me as being very down-to-earth, very approachable, very conversational uh, you know, there are some there are some people I've met who are in education, and they're very highbrow. They're very academic, and I can talk at that level. I, I don't necessarily enjoy it all the time, but I can do that to have a conversation. Well, I I could do that with Brian, and then we could talk about uh, the latest movie that was out. We could talk about uh, just a variety of things. So when it when we started thinking about how we could elevate this conversation that we were having brian thomas was at the top of my list really really almost like a paul robeson because he's got experiences in uh, with the cosby uh show he's got experiences with a, a different world he was actually one of my favorite characters on a different world he ended up being her boyfriend uh on the show so i'm like oh wait a second now and and then he talks about having some some acting experiences uh, on the set of Glory, uh, doing some things with Debbie Allen. So many so many different actors that I have long respected. Uh, and then starts talking about experiences going to school at, at at Yale in New Haven, Connecticut, to what he's doing now. Uh, which is head of school at Proctor uh, Proctor Academy, where they are really pushing the envelope on what it means to educate our future leaders. So our job is to say, whose voices are we hearing? Whose stories are we hearing? Whose aren't? And should we be able to be a bigger, broader, more prosperous nation? Because we are listening to Every voice, and and really uh, making sure that the stories, even the the ones that are hard to hear, th- that they're lifted up. Uh, they're not just learning about slavery. They're visiting slave ships. They're not just learning about different countries. They're going to these different countries. They're not just learning about the railroads. They're they're taking trips to the railroad and and experiencing what that's what that's like. Uh, and I just really, really admire an educator who is willing to push the envelope on what it means to educate our future leaders. Brian Thomas is is about as close to a Renaissance man uh, or Renaissance person that we've had on the show uh, to date.
1: Brian, yeah, he just demonstrates this perfect amount of leadership and humility and he really is just a perfect, example and influence on educators and i just thought he was truly amazing at speaking on even tough topics like critical race theory and he just provided so many uh thought provoking insights on leadership and greatness and i thought that was just truly amazing that he got to share this conversation on Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership.
0: I, I love the conversation with Brian Thomas. And again, uh, his his episode is one that every time I listen to, uh, I, I can't help but smile just a little that we were able to have someone of his caliber on the show.
1: Now, I'm excited to talk about this one. Dr. Natalie King was one of my favorite episodes because she is truly a trailblazer in her career she is a medical science liaison in neurology and the founder of 4 Beauty. And at the age of 26, she became the first Afro-Latina to receive her Ph.D. in neuroscience from the University of Illinois. And just in that, that takes an incredible amount of courage. And she speaks on that courage and where she got that courage from in her episode of Whiskey, Jazz and Leadership. And she has this inspiring personality and drive that, you know, you have to listen to the conversation a couple times to really figure out where that drive comes from and where that courage comes from. She was just an amazing leader to listen to. Um, she touched on so many different topics. She was another one of those leaders where I could not pick out a topic to speak about because there were so many things that resonated with me, like breaking out of her mold. One of the biggest ones was why people are afraid to find their purpose. And that was a big one for me. How was your conversation with Natalie?
0: Well, Dr. Natalie, I I I love Dr. Natalie. And we, we, First met uh, on, on a coaching engagement where we we're just having a conversation about everything that she was trying to do, and I was really impressed with how she approached uh, things such as intersectionality and and breaking the mold uh, because with everything that she's done at a high level usually people bring certain stereotypes certain images as to what that means so if she were to tell you what she what she has that she was a professional model well that's going to bring some some images as to what that means and what her personality and what her intellect is going to be as a professional model that's just the way the way society has been built and then when she says you know hey i'm i'm also a neuroscientist well that brings yet a different set of stereotypes as to what you're going to get and who she is and and how she approaches situations and 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 the charisma that you're probably going to get from her which she just totally throws all those misconceptions out the window uh and then when she says and i own (laughs) i own a uh a company doing business all across the country and in europe and I'm, i'm attracting um vc investors Well, that brings a whole nother set of thoughts and images in your mind as to who you think she's going to be. And when you realize that one person is doing all three things at once, an incredibly high level, if you can't walk away from that knowledge, a little embarrassed that you were trying to put her in a box to begin with, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. Because if Brian Thomas is the Paul Robeson of this podcast, I don't know what we could call. Dr. Natalie, because she's right there as well. She's playing in all these different areas. Typically, you don't see intersect, but they're all in one person. The way that she was able to put some some emphasis and some structure behind things that I've just recently started studying, such as neuroscience, uh, that was just a great treat for me.
1: Yeah. She talks a lot about why it's important for leaders to understand how the brain works most people for a long time are really just focusing in on IQ. You know, are you smart? Like you said, you saw my intro, right? (laughs) You gave the intro, you know, are you smart? Can you do the work? Can you do the job? And now, especially in such a global and connected world, it's super important to be, um, you know, have those skills of self-awareness, social awareness, um, empathy, you know, being able to build empathy in others and, and for others, uh, relationship management, as you know. And so if you don't have some of these key pillars that are kind of underpin AI, it can really set some folks back. And obviously you've realized that significant because it's something you're studying yourself. And she also touches on something you talk about a lot, is your saboteur brain. And that is something I picked up from you. You talk about um, giving a name to your saboteur brain. And I was just kind of in awe of, you know, finding out where you get these principles from and hearing from your connections and your friends on different sciences and principles that back up your leadership background and your coaching. So this was really insightful for me because I think it really gives me perspective on, you know, what exactly coaching is and how important it is because it is so important for leaders to understand those thoughts that really um, sabotage our brain and um, really prevent personal growth. But Dr. Natalie King uh really recognizes and offers advice on how to manage those triggers of your saboteur brain. So I thought that was really cool to listen to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I love the conversation with Dr. Natalie. And uh again, she she's also she was someone who was referred uh to me uh, by season three guests uh and personal friend, Mr. Dave Peacock. And, uh, you know, and she and Dave have a a professional working relationship. And when we had the conversation with Dave, he insisted that I have a conversation with Dr. Natalie. And uh, I am so glad. I'm so glad that he did.
1: Oh, definitely. Me, too. And I'm sure all of our listeners will benefit so greatly from your conversation with Dr. Natalie, because she's truly incredible. Another guest that all of our guests can benefit from is definitely our guest, Kevin Stansfield, another executive coach. He is the managing director of Action Coach. And once again, I just find it fascinating when you talk to people who are almost very similar to you. You guys are both executive coaches and you guys can just hash out exactly what executive coaching is and what that means to you. And how important it is for all leaders to have executive coaches. Um, So I thought this episode really embodies the crucialness of having an executive coach. And I know you have two or three that you speak to on a weekly basis. So what was it like to talk to another executive coach like Kevin Stansfield?
0: Kevin impressed me as, as being a coach's coach. Uh, Because not only does he know what he's doing, he knows why he's doing it. And he's probably done it in real life before, right? He's probably done it as an executive before. I I really appreciate his practical experience and the successes that he's had and the mistakes that he's made and how he's able to turn those mistakes into lessons for his clients. Uh, That was something that I, I always try to do. And I was just really impressed with the level that Kevin w- was able to do that. Even just in our conversation uh, on this episode, he he draws a great parallel to golf and how it's important to understand where you are. You can you can you can enjoy a, a round of golf if you uh, you know just want to go out with friends, ride right around the cart, and 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 get some exercise. But if you ever really really want to get good at golf. There's really no way to get good at golf unless you get a coach, unless you get someone to help you think through the right way to do things.
2: When you start a sport, so let's take golf, it could be any sport, but you you start it. You generally pick up the clubs, you know, and you go out and you hit a few balls and you go, oh, actually, I quite like this, you know, and maybe you hit two bad ones and two good ones. And there's something about that that then gets you addicted to that game. You know, you, you want to be better at it. But the problem is, you know, if you just pick up golf clubs and you swing around, yes, you can hit a few balls, but you're never going to be great at that game unless you go and get a lesson, unless you go and work with a coach to actually help you understand how the game really works.
0: And I just love the way he he leveraged that metaphor throughout the entire conversation. So definitely worthwhile. Plus, he was drinking some brandy. I'm gonna he's gonna reintroduce me to brandy. I haven't had brandy in a while, but after that conversation, yeah, I have to go check it out again.
1: Yeah, he talks a lot about finding happiness and especially finding happiness in the journey and where you are right now. One thing he says is, it's not attainment of the goal where happiness lies, it's the pursuit of the goal. And that resonated with me as a college student in her third year. And, you know, I'm at the point where I'm like, I want to be done with this. But I'm also at the point where I'm thinking, I got two more years left, and I really need to make this a journey about me. Self discovery, finding my purpose, my happiness. And this was kind of like a lighthearted episode that I really felt like we needed in this season Uh, because Kevin, he just talks so much about finding that personal goal of happiness because we all want to be happy. And I think Kevin really gives us a unique exploration into coaching, happiness, and leadership. And I thought that was an incredible conversation.
0: Yeah, you know, Ke- Kevin, uh, we we got into this conversation uh, about wanting. How do you know that you want something? And that reminds me of a, of a book that I was introduced to called "Wanting" by Luke Burgess. And and in that book, Luke talks about how very often we want things because we see other people wanting them, or because someone of authority said that that should be something that we that we should want. And so if you're not careful, you can build an entire lo- life around trying to achieve something that other people told you that you should be trying to achieve. And you don't really know that you want it uh, yourself. That, that That's why you will hear about so many doctors who are doctors because their parents were doctors or because their their aunt said that they should be a doctor or they were good in, in, in math or science, and a teacher said you should become a doctor, but they they didn't really want to do what doctors do. They're just doing what someone else wanted for them. And Kevin really breaks that down uh, and helps us reconsider why do we want these things that we're pursuing, and and what is it going to really take in order to accomplish it? And are you interested and excited by doing the work? To your point, it's really not about the destination. It's about the journey, and it's about who you recognize yourself to be because of the journey. I've often said, and I and I, and I got this from uh, one of my mentors, Miss Ann McNeil, uh, where she says, "If people don't pay, they don't pay attention, and the more they pay, the more they pay attention." And so the same goes for us, you know. If you're attending class and you're getting straight A's and you're not really studying but you're still getting straight A's and you're not really excited about the content, it doesn't really take much for you to get through the content, but you're getting straight A's, it didn't really cost you anything, right? Might not value it as much as, oh my God, this class is kicking my tail and I'm studying and I want to go out with my friends, but I can't because I got a text. I got a test the next day, and oh my gosh, this brand new movie just came out. I would love to go see it on open night, but I uh, uh, opening, uh, but I can't because I got this big assignment that's due. Well, that class has cost you something, and when you get the B plus, you're going to value that B plus a whole lot more than that straight A you could have gotten from the class that didn't that didn't cost you anything. And so Kevin really does bring that concept to life. And it it really causes you to uh recalibrate that leadership platform discussion that we heard that we had earlier in tonight's conversation.
1: Yeah. Another great guest we had was Sherhara Downing. And she is a speaker and a facilitator. And she is another one of those guests that just brings her confidence. And you can really tell how she presents herself and just the infectious personality she brings onto the show. She talks about so many important things such as empowering young minds. And one of my favorite parts of the episode was when you asked her what she would tell her younger self. Whatever it is that you said you want to do do it faster,
2: hurry up and get to it. Like you don't have to wait for this or wait for that. There, there's no right or sequential order to success. You just have to experiment, explore, explore soon, explore with a sense of urgency, you know, execute, get it done, see how you feel, examine how you
1: feel about it. And that got me thinking of like, what would I tell my younger self? And I think that's a question that everyone should think about at some point of at their lives. And she just touched on so many important topics. Um, The big one for me was intentionality. And that was actually my one word for the year was intention. So hearing her speak on intention um, was really important for me because intention plays such a big role.
0: I'm going to let you in on a secret. I must listen to Shahara's episode specifically episode 2 part 2 I must listen to that at least every week you know okay. I'll I'll listen to the I'll listen to the episodes as they come out but then I'll double back and I'll I'll re-listen to part 2 of my conversation with Shahara because she is just such I, I think I talked about it during that conversation about how she's so instinctual in how she approaches the work that she does. She's instinctual about who she understands herself to be. And she talks about the journey that she was on to figure that out. And she just owns who she is. And if that has benefits that comes along with being who she is, then that's great. If there are some downside to being who she is, then she's willing to take that too. And I just really admire that in her. And my first exposure to her, uh, I was, and I talk about this during the conversation. I, I was following her in a, a live facilitation that we were doing, and you know, I, I, I tend not to get nervous when I'm doing anything or interacting with with other people. I just I have a tendency not to get nervous, but when I saw her do what she did. I had to to, to adjust. I had to really kind of recalibrate what I was planning to do because she raised the bar at a level that I, I hadn't seen it before. And I still did my thing. I didn't change too much. But I had to amp up what I was planning to do because she just really owned her space. And because she owned her space, she really inspired me to step into myself e- even more. Uh, I talk about this quote from Benjamin Franklin with a lot of my clients. the uh, quote is, whoever you seem to be, be more so. Whoever you seem to be, be more so. And that, that's one of the things that whenever I listen to my conversation with Shahara, she inspires me to be more of who I was planning to be. So definitely, definitely one of my favorite conversations.
1: Yeah, Shahara, she definitely raises the bar for all of us, and especially the leaders for season five, um, because she is really setting the bar for exceptional leadership and just incredible uh, advice and leadership principles like intentionality and persistence. And I think any leader can take away actionable strategies to enhance their leadership journeys and foster uh, positive communities within their organizations. Another leader that completely raises the bar is Jeremy Torresk. a total rags to riches story. And his episode was one of those episodes where I was just waiting for part two. I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, lucky for me, I don't got to wait for part two. but. He talks about so much about growing beyond his worldview.
3: And these are the seven words that changed my life forever was that Jeremy and Paulette weren't even Ronnie's kids. And that's how I found out at 20 years old, I wasn't my father's son. Now, most people think, oh, wow, that would set you back. But there is no back from bottom. And so what that did was gave me perspective on a potential. So it gave me a feeling that I had potential, which was the first time I ever felt that I always had potential it was always there. But I never believed it never even knew it never even no one questioned it. people actually told me I didn't. They told me I was ugly. I was stupid. I was you no know, patience. I fought too much. And so this was somebody telling me that I'm not necessarily that because I'm not connected with DNA to that. It just put me in a place where now I could be I could write my own future
1: and he delves into his background and if you have not heard Jeremy's background and where he has come from and how he has grown to be an international business coach, author and speaker, you've got to go back and listen to Jeremy's episode because it is very insightful, especially uh for someone like me, I came from a background of so much privilege And to hear about other struggles and other things that people and leaders have to go through to get to a position that I've gotten to, I don't want to say easily, but it was just very, it was a very interesting lesson for me and very eye-opening.
0: Yeah, Jeremy, uh... First of all, I, I really loved his story and 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 just how he dis- he made some decisions to create his own life. And a lot of times people will uh, say, well, I, I I can't do this because of this external thing out there, because of this thing that happened to me. He took that and turned it around and he says, in spite of or because of, this is what I am planning to do. And then he just put the work in, and and he made it happen. And uh, I just really admire that about him. Uh, I love how practical that conversation was, because a, a lot of times, you know, like with Dr. Betty Johnson, we'll talk about these big, these big, large concepts that impact global or multinational corporations. And Jeremy just got down to basics. He's like, look, this is what you got to do, right? This is on a daily basis. This is what I had to contend with. This was the this was the decision I had to make. And this is how I made it. And I just loved how, how pragmatic he was and uh, how giving he was, how vulnerable he was, because his vulnerability, I think, really does make a space for a lot of other people to take control of their own lives. So, yeah, Jer- Jeremy is a great conversation for anyone to listen to. Actually, Jeremy's conversation is a good one for you to send to somebody, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Anyone that you know has been struggling and complaining and you're just tired of hearing them complain, you know, a a phrase that I share with my brother and my sister, either do it or stop talking about it, right? Uh, If you've got any friends or people in your life that you want to tell them either do it or stop talking about it, send them a copy of that Jeremy Torsk uh, episode and, and hopefully they'll get the hint.
1: Definitely. His conversation was just so eye opening. And like you said, his quote of, instead of things happening to me, they are happening for me, uh, really just makes you kind of take a step back and look at those things that happened to you that you couldn't control. But how have you come out in the end and grown from it? And his humility and the way he has come out of such a tough situation and not only just come out of it, but come out of it as a millionaire, has been just totally awe-inspiring, just incredible leadership. And he's definitely one of those leaders who leads with instinct, purpose, and is always working to improve himself. He talks a lot about classic uh, leadership books that he has read. He is always striving to continue learning and build a better version of himself.
0: Definitely worth worth checking out, definitely worth listening to again if even if you've you've heard it before.
1: Now, Joe Fingerhut gives us permission to play on whiskey jazz and leadership. And this was probably one of the most fun episodes because Joe Fingerhut strives to have fun. This episode was definitely a different vibe because he just brings this light and brightness to leadership that not many people think about when they think about leadership. But he is just out here doing his thing. He's having fun and defining for himself what leadership is to him and how he can bring his best self to a leadership platform. And it was just so fun to listen to. He talks about different subjects like parenting and the power of I can. So my overarching umbrella message that just is over everything that I do is a shift in mindset from I can't to how can I.
2: When you program your brain with the growth mindset question of how can I, your brain is going to go in the direction that you take it.
1: He just has so many great leadership philosophies interwoven into his fun conversation. You don't even feel like you're listening to a business podcast anymore.
0: Joe Fingerhut and I go back uh, a little ways. We, we met as part of the National Speakers Association, and I, I was just trying to make the decision between do I want to be a speaker? Or do I want to be a coach? And yeah, yeah, I was able to have some sessions and have some conversation with Joe. And I you know, from that point on, I was just really, really impressed with how, again, committed he is to being that example to others. He reminds me of the the Williamson poem that talks about uh, when you allow your light to shine, you give permission to others to do the same because he's not leading a massive organization he has no desire to be in corporate america he has no desire to have a traditional job uh he's you know he started as a dj and a magician and a juggler right almost resisting the traditional job but today he is one of the top speakers in the country as a matter of fact he's a certified professional speaker Uh, or Certified Speaking Professional, CSP. That is one of the highest levels of speaking you can have in the National Speakers Association. I think only 10% of all speakers uh, have that CSP designation, and Joe Fingerhut is one of them. And he is, again, just permission to play. He speaks primarily with youth audiences but there are a lot of corporate audiences that are really benefiting from the messes that he delivers uh, I uh, uh really love how he brings in the point uh the 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 importance of uh, having a foundation almost like a leadership platform uh, as well because everything that he does uh he he does almost in tribute to his his childhood friend who passed away from a freak accident and from that point on he he, would say, Hey, look, I've got to give this thing my all. I've got to enjoy this thing that I'm doing because my friend, uh, won't be able to. And so you can see that come through in the energy that he projects. You can see that come through in the, the things that he attaches himself to. And we actually reconnected at a basketball game. Uh, so that that's just who Joe Fingerhut is and to, to have him Uh, share his energy, share his fun on the podcast, Uh, really, for me, made the podcast a legit uh, source of inspiration for others.
1: Yeah, Joe Fingerhut's episode, it was such a diverse exploration between career, philosophy, leadership, and personal growth. One of my favorite quotes from him was, I can, so how can I? And I found myself saying that a lot to myself after I listened to his episode. You know, I can do this. So how am I going to attack this problem and get the best results? He's another one of those leaders who just sneaks in those leadership principles when you don't even feel like you're learning because you're having fun. And his episode just brought this different kind of energy uh, that I really think Whiskey Jazz and leadership and our listeners will benefit from. Kimberly Prescott was another phenomenal leader that we have brought on to the show. She is the founder of Prescott Consulting and HR and Cocktails podcast, which I think is such a great name for a podcast because it's almost similar to ours. And she really dives into what HR is. She says it's advice and counsel. And she dives into HR not being that scary or annoying person you go to when you have a problem. If done correctly, HR is strategic and it's tactical. So it is always a challenge. There's always something that you can do. And if you are the type of person that's self-motivated, then you can create opportunities for yourself in any organization. So I think that's what really motivated me to stay in HR was that the opportunities are unlimited. Things are always changing, legislation's changing. There's always something to figure out, there's always some problem, really just some challenge that needs to be addressed. And she loves HR so much that she's created her own HR firm. And she, talks about the struggles and the blessings of being an entrepreneur and how she has grown her businesses through executive coaches and persistence. And she is just an amazing leader to learn and grow from.
0: Yeah, Kimberly Prescott, when she and I talked, we, we really bonded over our mutual connection with Rod Bourne, who was a season three guest and Rod said you know hey look uh, you've got to talk with Kimberly Prescott because you guys would hit it off and Rod was absolutely right I, I i've done her podcast show HR and cocktails and now she's done mine and i just i really love hanging out with Kimberly because she really sees HR as her, as her calling it's not a job it's not something that she does it's not even a career it's a calling and I just really appreciate that about her and how she on her podcast, on the work that she does in her company, she has baked in this sense of sophisticated fun, uh, which sounds like an oxymoron, right? It doesn't sound like those two would would get together. <laughs> but you can tell she's having fun, but she's doing it with with a splash of of respect, a splash of of doing it the right way a splash of elegance that causes you to respect anything that she's putting out. So definitely make sure that if you have not listened to her her podcast HR cocktails that you do that. But definitely double back and check out my conversation with Kimberly Prescott. She is she's a real thing and she's actually winning awards for her business. Her business is 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 uh really adding value. Uh, I think she's in Maryland, but she's all she's winning all kinds of awards uh, as a business leader, not just as a podcast or uh, or a thought leader, but she's actually winning awards as a business leader as well.
1: Yeah. Another great and executive coach um, we had on the show this season was Trevor Blondiel. And his episode reminded me a lot of Xavier Williams' episode because he talks a lot about leading from the heart instead of, um, Xavier said, instead of managing from the head. And Trevor is a speaker and an executive coach for manufacturers. And I think that is such a interesting field to be an executive coach for because it's such a large industry. And one of those things that is so dedicated to getting the product out Um, But he really talks about treating your team as people and the weight of what you say as a manager. Um, So I thought his conversation was so insightful for any leader who is perhaps managing a team, working with um, people and really building your leadership principles around not only the product, but the emotions of your team and who your team is and creating those values.
2: What you set your thoughts on becomes your result, right? And if your thoughts are around, man, I really got to get so-and-so to do this differently, well, then you're probably not going to make a lot of progress because there's something that you could probably do to show up differently.
1: Uh, So Trevor, he just was an incredible example of what it means to be a leader and not a manager.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, I so could identify and appreciate everything that he was talking about. And and uh, really it, it stems from uh, my time when I was the head executive for a division of the Imperial Sugar Company. So a manufacturing company, very, very heavy manufacturing, you know, and there was a certain personality that it took in order to be successful in that environment. And usually you found people that were either very good at taking on that personality to be successful on the shop floor, or people had the ability to take on the personality to be successful in the boardroom. And I used to call it backroom to boardroom. I found very few people that could do both at the same time, that could, that could hang out in the back room as well as converse In the boardroom but trevor not only does that very well he coaches around doing that like i said my experience with the imperial sugar company i made a whole lot of mistakes because i couldn't i couldn't oscillate between that back room and the boardroom fast enough with with enough uh with enough fluidity in order to pull it off we delivered some great results But my organization didn't like me very much, and I didn't like my organization very much when it was all over said and done, because I couldn't go back and forth like Trevor does. And uh, the work that he's doing is so important. If you are leading an organization, this is almost like the opposite end of uh, what we said about Joe Fingerhut, where Joe Fingerhut was focused on his, his own individual excellence and how do you get the best out of what you do on a daily basis. Trevor is really, really good about how do you communicate to an organization at all levels of the organization in a way where everyone will hear you, where you're not treating them as as numbers on a page, but you're treating them as people. And you're talking to them about things in ways where where they understand that you've got their best interest at heart. And that episode and Trevor in particular as a professional is someone that every organization needs to be listening to. Uh, so I am just again, I'm just re- incredibly honored that we've got that conversation as part of a whiskey jazz and leadership. and he's another one that just said, you know hey Galen, I- I've heard a couple of episodes. Uh, I think I've got something to contribute plus I've got some some roots in Kentucky. so you know my whiskey game pretty legit. Uh, what does it take to, to be on the show? And, um, we, we, we press record and, and our first conversation, you, you've got that on whiskey jazz and leadership. So hope you get as much out of it as, uh, as, uh, I've just suggested that you will.
1: He definitely has what it takes to be on whiskey jazz and leadership because he just came with incredible anecdotes and principles. He told a story about how when he became a leader people stopped telling him the truth and they stopped speaking with him how they used to speak with him and i feel like that is something you have talked about before on previous episodes and is a recurring problem for leaders i found it reaffirming to hear that like he is going through the same challenges and he is um really growing as a leader and becoming his best self. And Trevor is just a true example of leading with heart and caring for his people. And I think Trevor is definitely a leader you need to listen to.
0: Absolutely. I mean, very, very, again, very practical, uh, very everyday and regardless of where you are in your journey, uh, in your leadership journey, Uh, I guarantee you, you will pick up at least three things, at, at least three things from that conversation.
1: Yeah. We ended the season very strong with international yoga instructor and personality, Faith Hunter. And this was a different ending for season four compared to our other seasons. She has such a unique career and the courage to pursue a career that not many leaders typically would pursue but not only pursue that career make it a internet personality and become the greatest she can be at her craft um she talks so much about affirmations and connecting with the universe even now like in those moments where i am having
3: difficulty understanding the challenging moments in my life, I have to get quiet. I have to pause. I have to stop. And when that happens, God speaks like mm-hmm. big time. Even in that speaking, we have the choice to to listen. Because we can we ignore most of the time. I'm not gonna lie. Even sometimes I'm like, no, nah, that's too scary. Like I'm like you want me to do what? Okay. Because sometimes it doesn't come in the form of like faith. You need to do the X, Y, and Z. But it comes in the form of an idea.
1: And the spirituality of yoga. And yet she's so humble at the same time, um, which I thought was very admirable about her. Uh, for example, you didn't tell me she was on Real Housewives of Potomac. I binged that, uh, that show all summer. And that I'm a little bit starstruck.
0: Faith Hunter is the real thing. I, I was hitting uh, Clubhouse pretty hard there for a while. Uh, I, I think Clubhouse was maybe six months old and I got into it and was was doing some shows myself. But I was really listening to a number of different uh, a number of other different hosts And, uh, she got on once and she started talking about yoga, but she was telling her story. She was talking about what she'd been through and kind of her life and, and this evolution. And I literally chatted with her and I said, I was so taken by the conversation that I almost missed a client appointment because I, you know, I was afraid (laughs) that I would miss something. And I asked her right then if we could have a conversation on whiskey, jazz, and leadership. And she did not disappoint at all. I mean, when you talk about getting in touch with who you are, having the courage to get in touch with who you are, she talks about that, having the courage uh, to uh, stand against convention, Uh, because uh, she has done all the things that you have to do to stand up a business. And as a woman that, you know, business is not always kind to you. You got to have some gumption about you in order to make a, a success of business in an industry that is not always kind to women. So she talks about those those trials that she's been through. Uh, and then she gives us some very tangible things that you can do to keep your mind right. Uh, just the connections to one of my Invisible Board of Director members, Mr. Bruce Lee. She talks about how he was able to shift and move energy. And it really it really did elevate the conversation to, to um, the intersection between mind, body, and spirit. So Faith Hunter, she's an author. She has her own book out there. Uh, I didn't know about The Real Housewives either. So that's like something else I got to check into. But she is just on every yoga magazine cover where you see a Black woman doing these incredibly impossible poses, chances are that's Faith Hunter. I mean, she's like all over the world known for being that lady. And the name of her company and the name of her book is Spiritually Fly, Wisdom, Meditation, and Yoga to Elevate Your Soul. Check her out on Instagram. Check her out on Facebook. Check her out on all over social media. Uh, and all you got to do is type in Spiritually Fly. And that just that's the perfect name for what you get when you engage with Faith Hunter. She, she is absolutely the real thing.
1: Faith Hunter was definitely an excellent way to end season four because she offers this exploration in spirituality, uh, courage, and community. And she just keeps looking forward. Uh, she said, in order for us to take a step towards the future, we cannot live in the past. And she is another one of those leaders who has grown from the events that happened to her and she has faced adversity and just has come out this incredible leader and instructor she is truly amazing and definitely worth the listen
0: oh oh my and you know and, and that's how we that's how we close season four it's always interesting to me to take a look back on the conversations that we've had and the guests that we've had. I I get comments all the time uh, from uh, new guests, from potential guests who say, Galen, you've had some real powerhouses. I, I, I don't know how I stack up against all the folks you've already had on the show. Every guest usually ends up doing a really, really good job, but oh my, we do have some really, really giants in their fields, giants in their industry helping us talk about whiskey, jazz and leadership. And uh, I'm just so excited that we were able to end season four with such a powerful lineup.
1: Yeah. You know, Galen, you keep raising the bar for leaders on this show. You know, I always have a little bit of worry starting a new season. I'm just like, can this even be as good as the last (laughs) one?
0: But you always do it. I get, I get kind of nervous myself, you know, you know, Hey, look, that was a pretty strong season. Is it possible to do it again? And uh, we've, we've already started planning for season five. We're going to take a little break right now, but uh, season five, we're going to come back with some surprises. Uh, We're going to start with uh, bringing back Dr. Peter James. He was our first guest in season one. We're going to bring him back for another conversation. Uh, we're gonna talk to uh, Adam Foster, who's a, who's the owner of Foster Jewelry. So we're gonna talk to a jeweler. Uh, Lauren Barton is a, he's an author, he's an essayist. Uh, he's a three-time TEDx speaker and a TEDx speaker coach. So if ever you're thinking about possibly giving a TEDx, they're gonna suggest that you get a coach. Leron Barden is one of those coaches. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Will Moreland. Oh my gosh. Dr. Will Moreland is, is a top 30 motivational speaker world, worldwide. He's the owner of Moreland Associates, which is a leadership development firm. Uh, he's going to be in season five. Stacy Montgomery is a children's leadership book. Uh, and we're going to talk about how do you develop le- leadership skills and self-affirmation skills in kids, uh, which is really, really important. Uh, I get to talk to another colleague of mine that I that I get to work with. We worked with each other about two or three times a, a year, uh, and that's Ms. Tambry Harris. She's coming in. Then I've got Matt Lehrman. Matt Lehrman and I, uh, we uh, uh, were actually accountability partners at the beginning of my leaving Corporate America. So we get to have a conversation. He's got a great podcast, and he's doing a, amazing things uh, as he continues to speak uh, all over the world. Amy Wanninger, uh, amazing. D. uh Bowden, oh my gosh, she's going to kill me for messing up her name. Great conversation. She focuses on finding the cash in your business. So, uh, again, it, regardless of what business that you have, uh, until you can find the cash, it's just really just a conversation until you can find the cash. So, she's going to talk about how she helps you find the cash. Uh, Scott Chaipau, Scott is someone that I dealt with uh, at the end of my corporate career, and he's a negotiation strategist. Just again, uh, a, a lot of the things that I do uh, in my training, when I train people on negotiations, uh, I'm borrowing from what Scott taught me. So you're going to get to hear it from the horse's mouth. Michael Baptiste, is he is one of the top five. I think he was at one point the top basketball player in thailand he's an entrepreneur but his story is absolutely amazing and then he gives some um pretty specific advice to one of my mentees who is uh uh in the middle of his basketball career uh sylvie de giusto another certified speaking professional uh she is uh coming in from from italy Oh my gosh, just an amazing, amazing speaker that talks about being intentional in your conversation. Uh, Mr. Frank Kitchen, another foundational speaker in the game. Uh, He is just amazing. Uh, One of the guys that I follow personally when I need to get inspired, I I usually check out what Frank Kitchen is talking about. Marcus Engel, uh, another fantastic speaker, great story. He talks about how you can uh, lead with compassion because he's a certified compassion uh, expert. So he talks about that. And then we've we've got probably, I'm going to call him a Whiskey Jazz and Leadership super fan because he has followed our podcast since almost the beginning. He was one of the first to become a VIP. And then after he became a VIP, we started exchanging with each other on social media. Uh, He almost like made his space here in Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. It was a no brainer. And that's Mr. Mark Pittman, CSP. So I've got these certified speaking professionals. really kind of validating this podcast as a legit thing because you can't get the top 10% uh, to show up all in one place if unless you got the goods. So I'm just so honored that all of these CSPs are saying that we've got something worth listening to and, and worth their being a part of. We're going to end the season with a surprise. I'm not going to even tell you what that surprise is. I'm going to I'm going to make you wonder, but uh, I'm going to tell you that it's a, a powerful ending that you will not want to miss when we end season 5 because we've got a major major surprise for you. I just I can't wait. I can't wait to get into season 5. But Audrey, talk a little bit about how people can get access To these vip conversations because uh much like i said with shahara you know part one is usually pretty good part two is 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 actually better but those vip conversations that's that's like a whole nother level talk a little bit about the vip conversations and how people can be a part of that
1: you have to go over to patreon to get the best of the best of Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. The VIP Conversations offer the most thought-provoking and raw leadership advice that you can get. And it's just for such a small fee, I think it's $7. And you get full access to our VIP room and you get to hear from every guest in the VIP room. And they just bring it. So go over to Patreon, sign up for the VIP room. You can get monthly newsletters. We're adding show notes and all of these great opportunities and even more coming in season five. So you got to go head over to Patreon so you can get the most and the best out of Whiskey, Jazz and Leadership.
0: You know, I'll tell you something else that we added. Uh, as a benefit to being a VIP, and this actually came from our VIPs. Uh, our VIPs said, you know, hey, look, uh, is there any way that I can get access to part two right away? I- I'm going to listen every week, but I really would hate to wait a week to hear part two. And so when you are a VIP, you get part one. And then right after part one, you get part two that exact same day. Uh, and then uh, a week later, you're going to get access to the VIP content. Uh, oh, my gosh. Just to have that have that at your fingertips, uh, to be able to plug in any time that you want for such a nominal fee. Uh, you, you're getting all these experts speaking into your personal success or your organizational se- success. Uh, if, if you're not a VIP, I, I don't know what you're doing, uh, because this really is the best of the best, uh, as you said earlier. but that's it that's it so this ends another another series another season of whiskey jazz and leadership uh we've got a couple more special episodes that's going to be coming out during our break you're going to hear some examples of some of those vip conversations uh so we've got a couple treats between now and then but oh my gosh season five is going to be absolutely on fire I think we're getting better. I, I think the show's getting better. Uh I, I don't to your point, I don't know how we do it, but I think we're attracting even better high-profile guests. Can't wait to share with you. Uh anything from you, Audrey, before we say ta-ta for now.
1: Definitely. Um, I would first like to cheers out to season four. A great, phenomenal season. And We are raising the bar for season five. So as always, keep your pen and paper at hand because you're going to need to take notes. And we cannot wait to really bring a new level of leadership to our listeners. And I am just so excited to be learning and being a part of this because this has been such an incredible journey for me
0: fantastic well thank you so much for all the work that you're doing audrey because without you this would have just been a great idea that would have sat on someone's desk so uh thank you so much uh i'm just so excited uh that you're on this journey with me you've been here with me since season two uh and uh actually i think it's like kind of in the middle of season one season one And uh, I'm just, I'm glad that we're going to continue this, continue this ride. So uh, check us out on any podcast platform. Uh, Please keep your cup full and we will continue to bring you the straight talk that you can't find anywhere else. Until next time, take care. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP. For guests and show exclusives. Cheers.
3: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.